What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. And basketball is back. Basketball is back, and welcome to this kind episode of, of Fanning the Flames, kind of. <laughs> the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans, that's you guys, by the fans, that is us. As always, intro and outro music is provided by Park and Main. Check them out over at parkandmainband.com. Uh, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay Paul. At Dervish of World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. And the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network is available at brightsideofthesun.com and all podforms, podcasting platforms. And if you listen on any of those, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. All right, all right, all right. So preseason game one down, right? This is one game down. We're going to talk about that tonight. But before we get into that, I will say that Paul, with his stroke of marketing genius and uh, (laughs) just a like a sad plea for followers on Twitter, uh, tweeted out. Hey, Hey, when we get to 500, whoever's a 500th 500th, uh, follower uh, can be on the pod. So we are joined by Jared Huggins. He is at Jared underscore Huggins from Twitter. He was the 500th hundredth follower and uh welcome jared <laughs> hey thanks guys yeah I, first and foremost i wasn't that creative i'm not that creative guy so that's my twitter handle and second i'll be honest with you guys when i hit that like button i was 499 i was shocked that i got that dm <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. there two popped in right at the same time and in the ranking oh man all right all right full yeah i was trying here. to help somebody else out Full disclosure here, I I texted Paul and I was like, oh, it looks like this guy is number 500. And Paul writes me back and goes, oh, did I count wrong? And I then looked at our Twitter account and he had already tweeted out. I was like, well, I guess not. I mean, maybe I'm counting wrong. You're the CPA, not me. So we're good. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> some poor guy missed his shot at stardom. Huh? Uh, he's probably listening out there right now just being like, mother. Fuck. Could have been me. Fifteen minutes of could've, fame in a could have been me on a very up late on a podcast. Saturday night with Paul and Justin. Fantastic. Paul and Justin, what a deal. Right? What a deal. Well, hearing about Justin's wife and her long distance running, like there's some there's some benefits to being a guest host on the podcast. <laughs> you get all sorts of all sorts of insights into uh the 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 world of the nine minute uh, mile. <laughs> for many of them though for many of them so all right all right so let's get into this first game so obviously i mean if you're listening to this podcast you know the suns played their first preseason game right uh they play the jazz up in utah first of all first tangent how about utah having fans in there i thought that was kind of odd i mean i'm all look i would love to be going to suns games i'm bummed that they're not going to have fans there i get it uh, we don't want to get into what we feel about anything. We don't need to get into politics or anything like that. But, but I mean, Utah was kind of like the epic epicenter of the NBA getting shut down the last time. Maybe, you know, maybe read the room a little bit and not be one of the teams. <laughs> I didn't even think about it from that angle. <laughs> yeah, right. That is I mean, true. Yeah. Forget, yeah. Rudy was walking around kissing everybody in the locker yeah. room. <laughs> Yeah, I was watching. I was watching the game with my daughter, my oldest daughter, and she goes to me. She was on her computer, and she goes, "Dad, is is Rudy Gobert playing?" And I'm like, "Gobert, yeah, he's right there." She goes, "But he has COVID," and I was like, "Charlie, I was like, 
nine months ago. ago. But but still, but still, I like your mindset, kid. <laughs> Screw that guy. Okay. Anyway, so okay, tangent done. So the Suns lost the game, one nineteen, one hundred five. Playing without Chris Paul, playing without Jay Crowder, playing without Dario Saric. Um, I don't think anybody should really care. In fact, I'm kind of. I'd rather the Suns not be super awesome in the preseason that might sound crazy but it's almost like almost like a reverse jinx i feel like i think back to like the early who was it like like back to chargers would go like four and oh in the preseason and then just suck throughout the rest of the year so you know get some of these get some of these l's out when it doesn't matter i'm cool with that but a couple of key lines a few don't key leave lines all the here. good swings on the range exactly man right exactly dude when i play golf if I go to the range before a round and I'm having a good range session, I'm like, I'm screwed. I'm shooting like 90 today. Like, it's not going to be good. If I go out there and I'm doing horrible, I'm like, all right, someone's scoring today, baby. It's going to be a good day. And it's it, it, right. like, it, it's, it's fail safe. Like it never doesn't go that way. Two negatives. Yes. Double negative. I used it. Okay. Booker. Booker went for 16 points, six rebounds. Only five for 14 shooting one for five from deep, got to the line five times, played 24 minutes. He came out like gangbusters, though, man. He scored five points in like the first, I think, minute and 15 seconds of the game. Um, so he looked like he was on point. And, and at the end of the day, again, preseason. So I, I, I like seeing him come out hot. I don't really care that he cooled off throughout the game. Ayton, 11 points, 14 rebounds, had 11 boards at halftime. Five for 11 from the field. Missed his two three-point attempts. Yeah, so be it. Uh, three assists also, which I thought was interesting hey paul there's your cat fun in 22 minutes um, mikhail bridges 14 points six of 10 only took one three-pointer missed it but i think the six of 10 and 14 points for him is pretty impressive considering we've you know looked at mikhail traditionally at least since he's been in the league is more of a three and d guy he's getting points inside that three-point strike he's become a lot more he became a lot more of a slasher during the bubble if if you guys remember agreed and that's kind of carried over a little bit Agreed. And then um, he played 23 minutes and then everybody's, I think, favorite performer tonight, uh, at least mine, Langston Galloway, came in about midway through the third quarter for the first time in the game, played uh, 16 minutes, scored 17 points on six of 10 shooting and four Straight for flames. seven from deep. Hmm? Straight flames. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's got such a quick release, too. Right. I love no it. fear. No fear. I love no it. Fear. So, all right. Let's jump in. We're going to we're going to talk about this game and then we'll talk about something a little more long term towards the end of the pod. But first things first, immediate reactions to the game, just kind of knee jerk reactions, 30,000 foot view. What'd you see? What'd you like generally? What'd you think generally? I'm sorry if you were going to say the, you know, Utah fans thing. I already covered that. My bad. Um, <laughs> but but Jared, as the guest on the pod, why don't you go ahead and go first? Knee jerk reactions, initial thoughts. What would you see there tonight, buddy? Knee-jerk reaction, it was incredible seeing Devin Booker come out of the gate like that and just start dropping all those mid-range. That high banker off the glass that opened the game was just oh. – mm-hmm. it was a little bit erotic for someone who hasn't seen Suns basketball in a couple of months. It was it was good. Um, I mean, I, another kind of bright uh, point in the game in kind of small instances there was actually I, I like Sticks. He looked like he had a lot of confidence. Jalen Smith, the rookie out of Maryland. Um, that first three that he put up in May just looked like, oh, okay, you just have confidence and you belong here. <laughs> <laughs> he also actually made some defensive plays in the second and third quarters using his lateral movement, which I was 
kind of afraid of. You know, everybody had warned mm-hmm. that he had some really terrible lateral movement. That could absolutely prove true moving forward. But he looked like he was, you know, he, he was moving pretty well out there. And uh, I was excited about that. Um, and then likes to Galloway just coming out fire. It was fun. It was yep. good times. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, yeah, he to, brought to it within point. one. Yep. 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 Right. Yep. And then it, it seems like they would claw back in and then their offense would go stagnant and Utah would hit like one of 17 the threes. threes that they made. Yes, exactly. it was. 17 threes in a row. <laughs> but man, um, but to your point about sticks, you know, the, the, his first basket too was an impressive one. He took the ball, uh, put it on right. the floor, drove, and he totally got fouled on that play too. Of course. Why would they call that? Man, I tell you this, I tweeted this out during the game. I almost feel bad for NBA referees right now because Chris Paul is going to make them deaf talking to them this year if they keep up how it was tonight. <laughs> but Dan Duarte told me it's only preseason, so I'm going to be chill about this. I'm not going to go on a referent tonight, or at least nothing more than what I just did right there. That's it. That's all I'll say, maybe. Um, but again, to, yeah. also to the point. You can always complain about the refs. Exactly. Also to Sticks, man, you know, during his first interview uh, after the draft, he came right out and talked about how he's been trying since the college basketball season ended to improve his flexibility, improve, improve his ability to move more laterally. So maybe that's what you were seeing tonight. Maybe that mm. wasn't just an anomaly. Maybe that's something that we're going to see out of him. And yeah, that first three that he hit was beautiful too. Um, he had one other one that I, I, I'm pretty sure he airballed, but I think they didn't give right. him a shot because <laughs> he says oh for one at least when i looked last here um no yeah he, he straight was, up airballed one of them like he maybe, came up way short it's from like the yeah top he did of the key. i remember yeah that he gave up way short oh never mind it, <laughs> yeah, I must've, it must have just not updated by the time i saw it earlier because it's one for three now but anyway so no I, I i think sticks you know showed out as you would expect to whatever degree i mean there was gonna be some nerves there first game of pro ball literal not literally but almost literally zero training camp so i i I thought he did well um all things considered uh paul what about you again it was just kind of i was oh go ahead no go ahead ahead. (laughs) i was yeah man i was just gonna say it was just fun yeah it was just fun to see him out there and just again like um just looking pretty confident overall to start his uh to start uh his time in the rotation and uh I, i i definitely appreciated it because I, I was not a guy who was super though. excited. Ah, yeah, right. Some purple, some orange goggles. But yeah, yeah, as one of the people who was not like super excited that Jalen Smith was the number ten overall draft pick for the Suns, um, you know, like I, I, I've talked myself into it some, but it was nice to be able to see that that's a nice stroke. <laughs> yep, absolutely, absolutely. You look pretty right. good, Paul. Your knee jerk reactions. Well, um. Off the bat, I think Dan DeAndre Ayton might win the rebounding title this season if he keeps this up. I mean, that dude yeah. just right. like twenty-two, fourteen rebounds in twenty-two minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just was gobbling up those uh, those rebounds, and like he, and that was going against Rudy Gobert, who's one of the best rebounders in the league. So, I mean, I know Gobert maybe wasn't trying as hard. He had eight, but. That was something that really jumped out to me. I mean, obviously Galloway was great. It was a nice little like, oh, this game's over. And like, oh, no, it's not anymore. It was a nice Mm. little like, and then it's like, okay, why wasn't he playing earlier? You know, Monty, what are you doing here? You know, he should definitely be off the bench. Um, 
um, much quicker. Um, but on an on a concern note, a little bit um, is just and I mentioned this before on the pod is just the only true backup point guard we really have on the roster is campaign. And if Chris Paul's sitting, that means we don't really have a true backup anymore. I mean, Carter did serviceable, but you know, he's really not a lead ball handler. And I saw like Etuan Moore was running point at certain points. And so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that. And I think to your point, Jared, about like when the, the Jalen Smith pick happened. I think a lot of Suns fans were a little surprised and a little hesitant at first because Halliburton was still on the board and we knew one of our biggest holes really was that backup point guard spot. And I know both Justin and I were big Halliburton fans going into the draft. So when he falls to us and then we pass on him, it's like nerds. Yeah, <laughs> right. And even uh, even at Kira Lewis, like there was there was multiple guys there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that, yeah. that backup point guard role. Yeah, I have this long, long, long history of identifying a a, a player, a college player, uh, very early in a college in the college season, and just falling in love with him and wanting the Suns to draft him. Um, Unfortunately, the first time that happened, I say long history, I mean, four years since we've been doing the podcast. We've been doing this podcast. (laughs) First time that happened, it was, it was Josh Jackson. My bad. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were, you, you would not give up. (laughs) You were like the last holdout. Uh, Well, I I think I've given up. I, 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 right. I have a buddy who's a huge KU fan. So I watch a ton of KU basketball. Actually, one of the reasons I saw a lot of Javon Carter play at West Virginia was because all these KU games I'd end up watching with my buddy. So there was that, obviously, Josh Jackson, huge fan of his. And then there was a Michigan State KU in the tournament. I think it was Sweet 16. And him and Miles Bridges were just going toe-to-toe, back and forth for like a quarter. And it was just, I was like, these guys are just unbelievable basketball players and specimens. And Neither one looks like great. <laughs> they, Neither they one peaked, is exactly they peaked yeah, young. They peaked the young. They're, they're, they're not exceptional. Not exceptional. No, they're not, not exceptional. Like, not they're like not JJ Reddick, Paul. Not like JJ Reddick. Okay. Um, we I don't think need my to get scouting has been described as not exceptional. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and Paul, you had said something and I was totally going to make a comment about, but now I, oh, Aiton. Yeah. You know, yeah, he finished that game with what did I say, 14 rebounds, right? Mm-hmm. And there were a few too that he could have snatched away from like guys on his own team, but he let just fall to them. So Yeah, and he seemed he definitely seemed more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how about this? You know, one thing that people have complained about a lot about Aiton is is how he settles for that mid-range jumper, the midi, if you will. Uh he he was four for five in that 16 to 18 foot range tonight. Um, so I tell you, man, if he hits that consistently, he's going to be, well, he's going to be trouble. I'm, I'm just hoping this isn't shooting at the range. Right. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Right. Fair point. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It doesn't apply to him. Look, yeah, I pick and choose when it applies. It's a more of an <laughs> overall concept. Like the individual things can be, uh, can be good and it's still fine. That's totally how it works. Um, right. so my, and, that, my, and that was definitely part of his game, right? coming out of college and it seemed like his rookie year was hitting it more significantly more consistently than he was last year. 
I know there's right. a lot of people out there who just want it abolished from his game. And that kind of brings me to what I would consider kind of like my low point of this game. Remember the thing that I'm kind of, you know, that bummed me out was there was no Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. And I'm dying to see Chris Paul play basketball with DeAndre Ayton. And I want to see on a pick and roll with Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, how much more assertive and forceful DeAndre Ayton can be. So he's not ending up kind of floating and catching balls out there at the elbow, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's getting to the hoop. He's finishing at the hoop. Um, a lot of other noise on Twitter tonight was related to our lack of free throw attempts in the first half. Like Chris Paul pushing DeAndre Ayton, getting him good position at the rim. Chris I mean, Paul the, those sorts the of things can impact that. Yeah, I pushed those reps. Absolutely. He was doing that anyway. Man. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> that was great, man. I saw that. And it's funny because, like I said about, you know, when I said earlier, how I almost feel bad for the refs because he's going to be on them so much this year. I tweeted that out. And then like 10 minutes later, Fox Sports Arizona cuts to Chris Paul on the on the floor during a timeout talking to the refs. And I took a picture. I tweeted. I'm like, told you. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I, I Devin Booker's going to average like 12 free throws a game yeah. or something. I think stupid. I think I think he will. I think he will. Um, You know, so my. My uh, my my knee jerk reaction is uh, let's not freak out. Right. Like, and I'm not saying us like us. I'm not talking about us here. I think that Jared, I don't really know you, but I can tell you're not freaking out. Paul, I know you're not freaking out, but there are people out there that are freaking out. And it's like, come on. Maybe they're mostly on uh, Sun's Facebook, which is a horrible, horrible place. That is a cesspool. Unless anybody from Sun's Facebook listens to this, then we love you. You, we love. Um, but no, no, there are people. If you listen, get out. Go to Sun's Twitter. It's somewhat better. Sun's Twitter's great. Man, I even I even find Sun's Twitter to be a dark, dark place sometimes. But good lord, it's so much. It's 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 like night and day better than uh than the Sun's Facebook. But at any rate, I the, but even on Sun's Twitter, there are people you know complaining about certain things. And it's like, come on, man, we're talking about a team that has a lot of new players was missing three of their top six rotational players, seven rotational players, six, mm-hmm. depending, give or take, right? Um, and uh, oh yeah. Zero training camp. They're playing. It's not Denver, like you said during the game. We were talking, Paul. It's not Denver, but Utah's at altitude. You could tell a lot of shots were coming up short. They're getting the legs under them. From what I saw tonight, I saw more positives and I saw negatives. I think. Yeah. Okay? There's one big negative that I saw, and we'll get into. I'll get into that a little bit later. Three point defense. It's not something that. <laughs> can be it. Can foreshadowing <laughs> or just spoiler. Um, <laughs> But but it's not something I just like that to I don't think. On your points, Justin. I don't think it's something that can't be fixed. So my knee jerk reaction was, hey, we got Suns basketball. We had guys that played well. We saw what we needed to see out of the guys that we and what we expected to see out of certain guys. And we're still also in this process of figuring out what what we have with certain players. And to the point, Paul about. Langston Galloway not coming in earlier and I brought this up before we started recording but I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume Monty wasn't exactly sitting there today grinding over his rotations and worrying about matchups and all that kind of stuff I I think he had a very good idea going into the game of who was going to go in when who was going to come out when and he was just going to stick with that and that's why a guy like Langston Galloway came in halfway through the third quarter and guys like um Abdel, Abdel Nader, Nader and, and Damian Jones were getting a lot of burn early in the game. 
So, you know, and we did have some, there were some concerns last year with Monty's rotations and what have you, but I was a team that he had a, he had a tinker like constantly because of injuries and because of lack of talent. And I think the cream is going to rise to the top with some of these guys who were like, okay, they're, they're going to be fighting over, you know, playing time and what have you. And, and again, I mentioned this, I think last pod, the biggest problem outside of, you know, okay, there's a problem maybe with the depth at point guard, but outside of that, the biggest problem is we've got a lot of guys that are capable NBA players. How are they going to be on the court? How are they going to get minutes? How's Monty going to do it? Well, if the problem is whether you should be giving um, um, Langston Galloway or Etwan more, more minutes, that's not a bad problem to have. You know what I mean? So right. that's my, that's my knee jerk reaction now. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to Chris Paul winging a pass to Langston Galloway and him just draining it at this point. Uh, it's going to be fun, dude. I hopefully right. was there their next game is what uh, against uh, Utah again, Monday. Yeah, they're gonna be in Utah for the next couple of days. I'll actually be interested to see that one just to give them a couple of days in the altitude to get mm-hmm. adjusted a little bit more. See see if that helps at all. You know, I'll be interested to see if um, Starich or uh, Chris Paul or uh, Crowder play. That'll be nice mm-hmm. as well. Nice to mm-hmm. see as well. Um, another thing I completely forgot about and just remembered it. Weird stat of the night is that Cam Johnson did not take a single three pointer. That was something that I was thinking a lot about. He got, he had a couple opportunities too early in that first quarter. There was a corner three and a, and a three. Yeah. And then he put it on the ground and and he put it on the ground both times, which I'm fine if that's what he's working on. Cause you got to be able to attack a closeout, but we also need him shooting threes and shooting as many threes as possible. Cause that's what that guy does well. And he's wet. Yeah, no, and, and I don't think we're going to have to worry about Cam not taking threes. I think it's to what you had just said there, Jared. It's more of – that's something he's working on. I mean, I saw him in the bubble put the ball on the ground a lot more than he did, you know, earlier in the uh, in the season. So I think that's something he's working on developing, and now is a perfect time to do that type of thing, you know. Um, Absolutely. We had we, – do we – was it last pod, Paul, that you had brought up the, – there, there maybe it wasn't you that brought it up, but there was a Cam Johnson and Clay Thompson comparison, um, something something to that effect, I feel. But then there was a comment about dribbling. Um, I think I think Cam Johnson tonight, like, out-dribbled Clay, you know, last year. Well, uh, you know what I mean. Well, obviously, yeah, obviously. <laughs> last, last, last time Clay was healthy. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't mind seeing Cam put the ball on the floor because that's just going to help – open up two on three pointers because you're going to have guys that can't just then close out on him recklessly without worrying about him, just putting the ball on the ground, getting around them. So yeah, I'm all good with that. Um, All right. Now we kind of covered this a little bit, but uh, I'm interested in seeing if anybody else has any more detailed thoughts or anything along those lines or just different thoughts, because we can talk about, I think a lot of positives in this game. So I want to delve into one one positive, whether it's a player, whether it's a play, whether it's whatever. Um, but please, sons related. Well, no, no, I mean, okay, if you want to go on a tangent, go on a tangent, you know what I mean? But um, one positive <laughs> from the game that you guys took away that really, really stood out to you or that you at least would like to uh, also touch on. Um, Paul, why don't you go ahead and run with this one first, buddy? really like Mikhail's bright yellow shoes. 
Mm. There you go. Outside the box, Paul. That's why I love you. <laughs> they made his feet look like have you ever seen did you ever watch the show Doug on Nickelodeon? Oh, There's an episode where he got, yeah, had, yeah. got new shoes and they were like 15 sizes too big. That's what his feet looked like. On, <sighs> yeah, those are the feet, what his feet look like on the court. They look so massive. That's an outstanding. But I, I, on a real Paul. note, actually, on a real note, actually, was um, we haven't really talked too much about Mikhail, and he uh, he definitely picked up um, kind of where he left off in the bubble, and kind of you know he was third leading scorer tonight. So you know, as we said, it was a lot of it, it was on cuts and slashes and things like that. But um, he was pesky on defense, as is always known for him, and he he's definitely solidifying himself as that you know, that fourth guy on the team, definitely. Um, and just looking forward to uh, seeing how that improves more over the season once he gets in there with, uh, you know, when we get the full, like, really good defensive lineups in there with Chris Paul and him and all of the, um, you know, Aiton in there, Crowder. I just want to see those guys just get in people's jerseys and just annoy the shit out of them. This, this is going right. to end up being, once everybody's playing, probably from a like an opposing team perspective, one of the most petulant, annoying teams in the NBA. Because you just have, we've got a, just a number of those types of guys that are going to be able to get under people's skin. And uh, I think there's going oh, yeah. to be some like- rowdiness at some point. <laughs> Right. I wanted to piggyback off that because my favorite player, multiple, you know, set of plays was when Javon started picking up, uh, picking up guys full court and getting in their shirt, getting in their jersey. He uh, he uh, stole, stole one from Georgie Yang and uh, took it back down and uh, he was creating havoc and getting getting things going. Great first, I guess, half to the game. You know, he ended up playing 32 minutes <laughs> in this game and kind of fell off a little bit with some of his play in the second half which is expected when you're playing at that kind of altitude and with that little, uh, you know, in your first preseason game. But I felt he really had an amazing first half, getting a lot of love on Twitter. Um, and his to tenaciousness. Six assists and one yep. turnover. I mean, he is uh, he's a guy who consistently improves and consistently impresses me with his tenaciousness. I, you know, I've loved it since he was at the West Virginia and um, he just continues to use that that kind of uh, mentality in the league. And it's a lot of fun to watch. It was a great, it was, it was great. It's just great to do it when he's, when he's just staring that guy down full court. It's a lot of fun. You want some good interaction on Twitter? Just say something positive about Javon Carter. He's got some stands out there from the, from the West Virginia. Uh, that, with that, <laughs> that will like that, like search and have his name on uh, um, like on alert and just jump in and yeah. And just jump in. Yep. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question really quick. And this might be a dumb question. Check Diallo still on the Suns? No. Okay. Tell no. that to ESPN. He's in their box score. <laughs> <laughs> Not on mine. <laughs> Seriously? Are you oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's in mine. Yeah, I'm staring at it right now. He's he's right under, yeah, he's second on the on the bench. Paul, are you on ESPN? Yeah, hey, you know. What? Yeah, on ESPN, yeah. And Paul, you're on ESPN. You got to give him some kind of slack. Yeah, I'm on ESPN in the box score right now, and it's uh, Jonathan Motley and then Chet Diallo. Yeah. 
No, but Paul, are you on ESPN? I am. Yeah. Paul has a special ESPN. Apparently, I do. I, I have the super. I have the super good ESPN for like only the only the real heads. Yeah, they they updated. Check the status. They for took you. them down. They heard you. Oh, maybe it's just as, maybe because I haven't refreshed it in a while. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I just refreshed and they took them off. Someone someone got the heads up at ESPN. Bristol, someone's Czech, getting yelled if, at in Bristol right what now. What if Czech was just like checking out the box score? He's like, oh shit, was I? <laughs> Is that supposed, supposed to, to be, be there? there? <laughs> Nobody called me. That's like, dude, it's like in Major League when uh, Willie Mays Hayes, he like he wakes like up, they moved his bed out. They moved his bed out into the parking lot. He's like, yeah, but he still won that 40. Oh, yeah. I don't, th- I don't think Chet would uh, come in like a superstar like that, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, 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 what's my positive? See, I'll let you guys talk and I should have been thinking of mine, but you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of piggyback on the piggyback and also go with Javon Carter. Um, and primarily it's going to be, I mean, we expect the defense out of Carter. We know he's going to do that. He shot two for six from three. He hit the first two of those and then missed the last four. Again, that could be part of his legs starting to press a little bit because you're down, et cetera, et cetera. He also hit the first two that he took. The first one didn't count because they called an offensive foul on him, which was a garbage call. Garbage. The second one didn't count because they called a foul on somebody else, which I'm going to assume was a garbage call. It doesn't stand on my mind, but I'll just assume it was. So he hit the four in game flow right there, missed the next four, but the six to one assist to turnover ratio is huge because we're looking at the backup point guard position and look, we're not going to have some, you know, super sub off the bench at the backup point guard. But what we do need is we need somebody that's going to be serviceable. And for a preseason performance, seeing him get six assists, just like Booker did um, is, is great. And, and speaking of assists, because of course the Suns led the league in assists last year tonight, wasn't exactly a, great passing game also they weren't hit a lot of shots so i think their their assist numbers um waned a little bit there but deandre ayton had three and that's another part of that dude's game i mean he was a good passer when he was at u of a we have we've seen flashes of it and he doesn't need to be like uh, i don't know who was a really 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 epically good big big man passer. come on this about us yeah. yeah he doesn't necessarily need to be Jack. one of those dudes um but if he can recognize when he can get somebody an easier shot, he did that with Bridges. And he threw a pass that was a little bit low to Bridges on the play, but Bridges got an easy layup anyway. He was the, able to bring it together. and, and Another nice cut by Bridges. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> you see these guys starting to really develop chemistry, which is awesome. How about that? That'll be my positive. The dudes that have been there that we kind of expect to start melding together a little bit better they certainly look like they are and and that's and that's fantastic because one thing that this team needs that it hasn't had and it's i think going to have here over the next number of years is continuity you know we have a number of high draft picks that are no longer on the team i don't think any of the high draft picks we've had as of late when i say hi i don't just mean ayton because he's really the only quote-unquote high one on the team at this point right um but the other first rounders Mikhail, Cam, Sticks, and Sticks obviously new, but they're going to be around for a bit. They're not going to they're not going to suffer the fate of Josh Jackson or of 
Dragon Bender or of Marquise Chris. Um, they're they're going to be with this team. So seeing them really start to recognize one another's play and how to play off one another is is fantastic. Yeah, and I it is it is fantastic, and I think that's probably the one area where I was kind of disappointed. The biggest area where I was kind of disappointed that Chris Paul didn't play is every rep particularly with a shortened season counts to kind of, to really develop that chemistry, particularly since he's such a crucial focal point to that. So, you know, him missing the game, you know, that's just, that's just time on the court with these guys in true real NBA action to kind of get that chemistry and timing down. But, you know, it's, he's, he's been in a couple different spots. He's been in these situations. He, he's just one of those guys who just kind of figures that out really quick. Yeah. So I'm not well, super worried. And, yeah. And, and I think that, uh, look, Chris Paul didn't play, but if this was a regular season game, yeah, he would have been playing. I mean, yeah. they, they listed it as like a calf, sore calf or something. That's one of those, well, we have to give some reason, right. Or otherwise we'll probably get fined or right. something by the NBA, even though it's a preseason game too. I mean, yeah. how does that work? Right. Um, so, Oh, my arm. Yeah, exactly. My liver. My liver. Uh, (laughs) I just want to piggyback on that. What's that from? What's that from? Hold on. My liver. My liver. No, dude. Lower. My liver. My liver. Anything? No? Is that a Monty Python thing? Beavis and Butthead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead. Wow. Yeah. That's gold. Yeah. I mean, I I absolutely agree. Oh, I'll let Jared go. Go on. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll piggyback on your passing from Aiton. And going back to what you guys were talking about, uh, you know, the, the concern kind of of a, of a backup point guard there and ball handler, you know, and guys missing the game. Dario Zarek is another guy who takes a lot of pressure off of a of, out of the need to have a backup full time, you know, distributor ball ball handler. That's Dario Zarek is a guy who is a playmaker. And so, you know, he is he is a key, you know, a key guy in that bench unit and um, is probably one of the major reasons why they felt comfortable kind of bringing in bringing back campaign in that role, but also adding these more these scores, right? These Etwan Moores, these what Langston Galloway showed us tonight, having Javon Carter, bringing him back, who's more of a defensive specialist than the shooter, you know, having a guy like uh, Dario Zarek on the bench unit uh, can help really facilitate that playmaking. So he was missed tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, again, missing three key players. So mm-hmm. what we saw is what we saw. And yeah. what we saw no, was I... just fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I just wanted yeah, to the world is not to... on fire, guys. <laughs> right. I just want to circle back to your point where you were saying, Justin, about if it was a regular season game, Chris Paul would play. Um, that that podcast he did with JJ Redick he actually told a story about when um, he first met with OKC after um, he was traded and they gave him this whole like big presentation about like older point guards and kind of how they wanted to manage his minutes and whatnot and he's like you guys this is the worst possible presentation you could have given me all you're telling me is I am going to figure out how I can play every minute possible like that's his mentality He's like, and it's like, if you're going to hold me 36 minutes, I'm going to figure out how to play 48. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, I think I, he looks at the preseason like, yeah, I can, I can miss this. I don't want to get injured before it counts, but you know, he's, he's a warrior like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, he and, is. He's a dog. And and he he averaged last season thirty one point five minutes. To... Right. Yeah, he did. I wanted to ask you guys, where do you guys think his minutes should be? Because it's an interesting kind of scenario. Like you said, that guy wants to play every minute of every game, essentially. Like he just yeah. loves basketball. The stories, I think, from that podcast where he was talking about taking um, taking players to go see the uh, OKC G League team and just hanging <laughs> out. I think that was from that podcast. Like he just, the man eats, right. breathes, sleeps, dreams. He lives basketball and he wants to be on that court. Where do you guys see, like, where would you like to peg his minutes? How many minutes do you feel comfortable with him playing throughout a regular season and hoping, you know, to make sure that he is healthy to go into the playoffs? I think that 31-32 sounds about right. I mean, you'll have you'll have some time in there where uh, Book is, um, you know, running point. You'll have, you know, campaign minutes. Um, and then obviously like they were playing some lineups today with like Etwan Moore was essentially the point guard or like, and then when you bring in Sarge and whatnot, where you can run the offense through him, I think we'll be able to, you know, cobble it together to keep him down to like 30, 32 ish minutes, which would probably be about fine book, have book at about 36. Yeah. No, and, thinking. and I would, I would put him right at that same level. The, uh, the the 31 32 minute uh mark because i mean looking back the last time he averaged more than 32 well 32.7 15 16 2015 2016 his last year second to last year in la and then after that he went 31 5 31 8 32 and 31 5 last year uh you know prior to that he was playing 34 35 36 minutes a game i i think that you want to limit him well below that i think 32 minutes probably makes sense and who knows though because he's also changed up his game a little bit you know he he changed up his diet he yeah he he preserves himself better i guess you can say Um, he's in the steve nash on the sun's phase of his game where it's he's figuring out how to like work on his body to maximize recovery and things like that Right. And, and so I would, I would imagine that's where he's going to be. And, you know, to the, to the point you just mentioned, Paul, about Etwan Moore and his, you know, his some, some time at, at the point, you know, before last season, and, and I've been told by, by folks that this might not be entirely accurate, but, uh, and it's, that's how we roll based more on, you know, the, the other players around him, but um, Moore played and now I just lost it. He was at um do 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 um okay well oh here well this is playoffs but whatever this it'll be good enough it's a three year sample size for him um and this is partially earlier in his career but he was playing significant time at point guard back when he was in his Boston Chicago days I mean according to Basketball Reference uh their two playoff runs those two playoff runs he played almost exclusively at point guard um now transition more to a shooting guard but point being he is capable of playing point guard and here we go i found the regular season one so even last year with new orleans he according to basketball reference played 37 percent of the time at point guard year before that was at 40 percent um dipped down Mm -hmm. before that but he's capable of doing it now is he going to be a guy that's going to be you know a high assist guy no but at the end of the day if we have 32 minutes from Chris Paul 
and say book fills in plays point guard for, you know, six minutes a game, you're looking at 10 minutes of time you have to fill. And depending on situations and what have you having guys like Carter campaign, even Etwan Moore sitting there being able to at least eat up some of those minutes. So be it. Um, and, and, I think Monty's going to be able to, you know, obviously manage that. Ultimately, like we said earlier, his problem he has now isn't a lack of talent. It's almost an abundance of talent. And, and he's going to be able to pick and choose who he wants in when based on a particular situation. I mean, if you've got an opposing point guard who is more of a scoring point guard, Javon Carter is going to get a lot of those minutes. If you have a guy Opposing, opposing point guard wise that maybe can be exploited on the offensive end um, you know for us on our offensive end maybe you're looking at more of an explosive score type like like a explosive you know more of a scoring type point guard like like a campaign uh, I think he's going to be able to mix and match those pieces as he sees fit and that's me knocking on a wood provided health uh, it's going to be something that Monty's going to I think we're going to enjoy watching him do he's going to be like a maestro I don't know why I twiddled my fingers like that, but you know, it's my, he's like the puppet master. There we go. How about that? Um, <laughs> Geppetto. Exactly. Um, okay. So we don't like to do this a lot on fanning the flames. We don't, we don't get too negative here, um, but we're going to, let's, let's go with a negative as well. Let's go with a negative and uh, one negative takeaway and you can be brief. Cause like I said, we don't like doing it a lot on fan of the flames, but Jared, what do you think, man? What would, what would your negative be that you said watching that game? Okay. Here's something that uh, is a little disappointing to me. Um, well, I did mention earlier, you know, not just, just not having Chris Paul out there was just, you know, being so excited just to see Chris Paul play basketball in a Phoenix Suns uniform on live television. Um, and to look, look at the, uh, you know, look on Twitter this morning and be like, Oh no, he's out. Sort yeah. calf. <laughs> that was a bummer. I mean, overall, like I, there's, there weren't, some, you know, clearly I would have liked to see, and I guess some more free throws. I would have liked to see some more three point attempts. Um, but it was a it was a first game of a preseason on a in a very weird year on a in a short rest for a lot of people and you can't you know, there's no way you can look at this game and say wow the Suns are doomed or this is going to be something like you know people out there saying we can't we won't be able to get to the line all year how, you know how how in the world are you going to say that after one preseason game in Utah without your starting point guard and one of your best bench creators, like, and, and, a, and a, a really tough guy in Jay Crowder, who obviously draws some contact and does some things around the hoop. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of negatives to really point out or dwell on other than those. You are perfect for this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. The sun is shining. The sun is shining boys. We are the podcast of optimism. <laughs> but now optimism is just our reality as Suns fans. So we're the podcast of reality. Hashtag. Well, and just how about what, when you said, when you were saying earlier, just about like an abundance of talent, like when was the last time a Sun squad had just NBA guys like deep into the bench? My God. Even when <laughs> we were a decade. Even when we were good. I think the only yeah. year that we were that deep was like that, um, 
2010 when we with the our te- when we the stupid our test rebound that we lost because no, yeah, I mean like brutal. we we basically like because I remember watching uh, Gentry would do those hockey basically the hockey lineups where like he'd have the whole bench go out all at once with that like Dragic, Ble- right. uh, Barbosa, Dudley, Fry, um, and and Amundsen that like whole crew was like like they'd just all go out together right. and so they just do like shifts. And that was like the last time we were that deep with like legit guys who could play. Um, but I, I mentioned it earlier, but honestly, the three point defense, I mean, I know Utah's, you know, obviously one of the tops of the league of shooting threes. They were last year and they've, they're clearly carrying it forward this year. You know, they didn't do a lot of changeover in their personnel. So like they, that was the other thing is that they were, they were much more um, the continuity on that team was much much more consistent than ours. And they, you know, they stopped, they last played basketball sooner than the last time the Suns played basketball because they actually did make it into the playoffs. So that continuity has flown through or flowed through a little bit, but the three point defense could use some work. I think that'll, that'll come with bringing, with getting those guys back who didn't play tonight um, to an extent, but um, yeah, I think and then to the reverse of that is yep. when you're playing against a team that is shooting a lot of threes, you got to make the adjustment to be like, okay, we got to get the ball in our shooters hands. Cause we can't be trading threes for twos like this whole game. Cause you're, that's just a recipe for failure, especially when they're making them. Um, so, cause I mean, should they, it was just like, every time I turn around, I was like, Oh, here's three threes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you guys told me not to prepare for this uh, podcast. So one thing yeah. that I was thinking about during the game, the, the, the game that you kind of brought up there too, was transition defense as well. There were a lot of, a lot of balls getting down the court to open three, three point shooters in mm-hmm. that game. And um, particularly Jordan Clarkson had a couple that I can remember off the top of my head where yeah. it just was boom, boom. And then it was, you know, he's knocking down a three and you can't, you, you, you can't have that. But again, that's, I, it's hard for me to be super concerned about something like that. In preseason. Yeah. There was like a three play uh, series with uh, Williams Goss, who just like, it was like, we, I think that's right. when we'd gotten it back into one. And then it's like, he scores like two, a shot or like a two pointer and two threes, but like back to back to back. I'm like, who the hell is this kid? Yeah. Like, what are you doing right now? Why are we not guarding this guy? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Paul, I believe, and I'm looking this up to see, I believe, do you know what college Nigel Williams Goss went to, Paul? I did happen to just look at it. Um, so I do know. And mm. it is our favorite I do not. college. Yeah, our favorite, our, our favorite college. One, one uh, coached by Mark Few. Oh. And we use we use favorite in a very, very snarky, sarcastic way because we went to a university in the same conference. And I I don't know that there is a uh, – nope, there's definitely not a college team, basketball team that I despise more than Gonzaga. Not, not, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> that is such a hot take. <laughs> I know, right? You know, it's funny too. So I went to who bad. Well, I said this last week. I said what high school I went to. I went to a Jesuit high school. You think I would love this Jesuit college that's just a basketball powerhouse? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> In fact, 
I would say one of the highlights of my uh, fandom, uh, my my life as a fan of sports, was watching Adam Morrison cry after UCLA eliminated them back in 2003, I believe that was, from the NCAA tournament. Like, we were at, I believe we were uh, at the, the, I think we were at the, no, we weren't at the, I think we were at the coaster, Paul, or at least I was watching that game. I just mm-hmm. remember like giggling gleefully while I was there. People are like, this guy's insane. I'm like, no, not, not really. Just, okay, maybe a little bit. But um, anyway, <laughs> again, tangent. So my negative, <laughs> I, man, it would have to the be the, lost the, for the first time in almost a year. They still have, they, they still have the, you know, longest active right. winning streak when it matters. So that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> but uh, my negative would, yeah, it would have to be the, the defensive, yeah, I'd say three point rotations, even the, the, the inside, inside the three point arc, the rotation seemed fine. All things being considered, um, the guys were getting where they needed to be, but it just felt like it was constant that Suns guys were running at three point shooters. How about this? I'll get a little deeper on the, on the, on the defensive rotations, the three point defensive rotations. I want to say they fouled at least three three-point shooters during that game and that's something that just can't i mean kelly Oubre is not on this team anymore we don't need to be fouling three-point shooters okay <laughs> um we just don't although one of them okay fine i said i wouldn't go on any ref rants but i'm going to really quickly i i don't get this maybe somebody maybe i'm misunderstanding the rules but there was a foul on booker right gobert set a screen mitchell had the ball Mitchell goes around the screen. Booker basically kind of forces himself through the screen. I think, you know, Gobert's kind of soft, so it probably wasn't as bad as it looked. They called the foul on Booker for pushing Gobert, and then they gave Mitchell three free throws because he was shooting a three at the time, but Booker didn't foul him. I'm pretty sure that's not how the rules work. Am I wrong? Does anybody anybody know if I'm wrong? Because that doesn't sound right to me. Like, if there's a foul across the court while a guy's shooting a three... If the shot goes in, it counts, but then the other guy's shooting the free throws. If it doesn't, the other guy's shooting the free throws, right? So I was actually uh, driving back and listening to Al McCoy uh, do a play-by-play sure play of that, that then. specific play. You sounded exactly like him. It was uncanny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, so I, what, the way I understand it, it's been a, it's, yeah, right? It's been a long time since I laced him up, but um, – it, you know, in, in any kind of actually referee game. But from what I understand, if it happens, if it happens before the shot, the shot is waved off. If it happens during the shot, the shot will be counted. And then they'll, they'll have the ball uh, on the side, I believe. Right. If it's if it's a if it's a defensive foul for running through a screen. Yeah. And assuming, um, assuming it's assuming there should, there should never have been free throws. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There should have so, never been free throws on that play. So point B, we could be wrong. Point being, I don't think we are. I think the point is NBA referees don't even know the rules of the, of the game. Like how, how, how do we expect them to accomplish any success in their jobs if they don't know the rules of their own game? Paul, how? Paul shrugging his shoulders for those, for those who can't see him, which is literally everybody but the two of us um, right now. Okay. And maybe Paul's cat. All right. So, yeah, but, but yeah, the fouling of the three point shooter. So if it was three, it was actually two, but still that's two, too many, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but again, whatever, if that's, if that's the biggest problem right now, now, if we're, you know, five, six, seven games into the season, even, and it's, it's, it's there, 
then then maybe a little bit of actual concern starts to arise. But I'm pretty sure by the fifth game of the season, the Suns will have won 13 regular season games in a row. So we'll be just fine. Okay. All right. Now <laughs> let's move on. This is an optimistic on. podcast. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I was, I think, one of, Jared, so you know, I think I was one of three people, at least that I know of, who said the Suns would go 8-0 in the bubble, and they did. Espo was the other one, and some dude that was on the – one of the zoom calls that we did with a bunch of Suns fans uh, also said that. So anyway, uh, again, it's the podcast of realism, not optimism anymore. So last, last, (laughs) last topic. So this was tweeted out uh, as a survey earlier today by Forrest Anderson. He's uh, at revenge tour 2021. uh, Just so we're not just taking credit for somebody else's idea, but I thought this was a really interesting question. And that is who is going to be the fourth leading scorer on this team. We're going to assume that Book, Aiton, Chris Paul are going to be one through three. Assume. And if you don't want to assume that, I'm happy to hear your, your position on that. His, his survey said who's going to be the fourth leading scorer. The four options he gave, and, and other is now going to be an option on this pod, but he said Cam, McHale, Dario, and, and Jay Crowder. So of the other Suns players, who is going to be the one that is that I don't even, I, don't, I guess fourth score, but fourth leading score on the team this season. Uh, opinions all around. Let's, let's go, let's go to you first here, Jared. What do you think, man? Um, I mean, I think the obvious would probably be McCall. His cutting is, especially with Chris Ball on the floor, is going to give him a lot of easy baskets right at the rim. Uh, it has improved uh, three point shot. That stroke came back at the beginning of the year and really carried through into the bubble. And, um, you know, I think he's going to take the leap. But as far as the other, I mean, Langston Galloway was that tonight, and maybe it will be him. But I think there is room for a microwave scorer off the bench in that big group of point guards, slash shooting guards, slash scoring guards, combo guards, that guards. <laughs> that large group of like six, two and under guys that we got on the bench, <laughs> you know, if, if it's Langston Galloway or, um, you know, or campaign, I, I don't think it will be campaign. I'm leaning more towards each one more Langston Galloway on that. But one of those guys, you know, maybe they can find that role where they're just running around off of a lot of screens, catching a lot of balls and getting open, uh, getting open three point shots and knocking them down like veteran players. The other side of that is these guys are on one year bet minimum deals looking to get paid. <laughs> so they're going to have some motivation to put up some, some pretty solid numbers. So, I mean, I, 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 my mind, you know, I, I, I would put McCall up there, but there is, there is an opportunity for some of these guys to, to, to put up some stats. Agreed, Paul. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree as well. Um, just from the standpoint of Mikhail's gonna be the one getting the minutes. You know, he's gonna be playing 34, 35, 36 minutes, and just out of sheer opportunity, he'll probably be averaging somewhere in like 12 to 13 points would be my guess for the season. I, mean, I think what he averaged, he only I think he only averaged like eight or nine last year, last season. But he, by the time we were in the bubble. Like I think he definitely, I think he averaged like close to 14 points in the bubble. Um, and mm-hmm. this is my half-assed uh, facts of the day, uh, Jared, that I had mentioned to you where I just pull stuff out of my butt. Um, but so, Graphic. He, <laughs> so I think he, he has the best opportunity from that stand, from that standpoint of just a bunch of factors that 
um, are outside of just his specific play that gives him more opportunity than others. Um, I think Cam, you know, is probably going to be that first or second guy off the bench. And so he'll still have a lot of time with that starting unit and providing that shooting. He could also be in, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a double digit scorer this season as well. And then, like you said, the rest of the, the rest of that bench, it's kind of, uh, there's a lot of potential there, but we just don't know who's going to kind of solidify that spot yet. So that's, it's a lot kind of up in the air. I wouldn't say Crowder by any means. I don't think that's kind of what we brought him in for. It's not his game. Yeah. Not his game. And Dario is going to fill up the stat sheet, but maybe not in that way. Like he'll, he'll just be like, I would, he'll just, he'll have stats in every category, but it won't be, um, you know, super heavy on the scoring side. So, okay. Between those two guys, I, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give my answer in a moment, but I want to, I want to ask you guys a question first. First of all, Mikhail last season averaged um, 9.1 points. I think it was, I had it up and then I changed screens. Oh, here it is. 9.1 points. Cam averaged 8.8 points. Which one of those guys do you think average? And the way I ask it is probably going to give the answer away. How much, how much, I'll ask like this. And I'll first to you, Paul. How many points do you think each of those guys averaged in the bubble? Mikhail, what do you think he averaged? I think he was like 14, wasn't he? I'm asking you. I'm guessing 14. <laughs> he averaged 12.8. Okay. What do you think Cam averaged? Jared, go. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going with uh, going with the what is 14 points, Alex? That's, <laughs> that that's 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 you you have you have half the answer right in that he scored he averaged more than Mikhail did he averaged 13.3 in the bubble, um, and I mean Cam had games and he had two games he had one game of six one game of eight he went 12 19 8 14 14 18 6 15 Mikhail went 13 4 9 10 10 18 24 14 and all that said I'll give my answer and I think my answer is going to be I'm going to say Cam Johnson actually because Mikhail is starting to become I I think at least be a little bit more of a known quantity within the within the league Uh, people are going to start picking up on him cutting he might start getting a little more defensive attention and that's going to leave cam i think a lot of the times because i I see those guys being on the floor quite a bit even if we assume that jay crowder is going to start i think that's going to open up opportunities for cam um and and cam's going to i think also benefit a lot from well we were talking about earlier the fact that he started putting the ball on the floor a little bit more and teams are going to have to respect his ability to do that but he's also going to i think benefit a lot from having good passers whether it's when dario's in with him as well or whether it's him running at the same time as you know a a, a booker or cp3 or ayton on the floor where there's more gravity towards him i think he's going to be that guy that's going to kind of be that that you know to pick your poison he's going to be that poison right so i could i could see him i could see him averaging you know 13 14 points a game this year um and i think he's going to have those games where he you know, it was kind of like his 18 point game was that like, Oh man, game for him. And for Mikhail, it was that 24 point game was that, Oh man, game for him. 
but I think we're going to see perhaps more of those types of games out of, out of cam. That's my answer for the sake of giving a different answer. Uh, in my heart of hearts, I probably think it would be Mikhail, but um, you know, <laughs> I, I think there's, I think there's a strong argument for both. Now, how about this? How much is cam or excuse me, Mikhail really starting to turn into like the, 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 the uh, 2020s version of Sean Marion minus the rebounds. I mean, he's a guy that is starting to pick up his scoring and he gets it just by playing his game. It's not like they're drawing a bunch of plays for McHale, just like they never drew up a bunch of plays for Sean Marion. Now Marion got it from, you know, kind of rebounding and his, you know, being in the right place at the right time, but McHale with the cutting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I see his, you know, kind of Swiss army knife game coming around just like uh, I always felt like Marion was one of those types of guys. So that's my last thought on that. Yeah. All right. Well, any, anything else you guys want to throw out there about uh, any of these guys, um, you know, any of these bench options? Cause we're getting close. We could probably wrap this up pretty soon, but I always like to make sure everyone gets everything they want off their chest. I mean, we talked about each one more a little bit, but he had a quietly solid game. I didn't realize like he was four for eight for at nine points um, in 14 minutes. I didn't really I did not do notice much that else either. in the stat line, but I mean, that was, I didn't, I don't know if I remember actually seeing him score a single bucket, but you know, he was, you know. And he was the only player on the Suns that was a positive plus minus. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, Jalen Smith was a positive plus zero. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not plus sure zero, that ESPN baby. understands how pluses work or minuses for that matter. Um, <laughs> or I guess maybe they understand those. They just don't understand zero. Yeah. Check Diallo's out there still think he's on the sun as far as I'm concerned. Cause I, I still haven't refreshed that screen. Um, yeah, Someone no, Bristol's uh, getting yelled at that was solid. <laughs> exactly there there's another there's another layout right. in bristol Ooh. what was what was check the allos plus minus tonight <laughs> two dashes minus minus they also did not the play looking NBA's at, decision the, the one i'm looking at also <laughs> says uh Tariq owens just for the record and i think he's not on the suns anymore either right yeah okay okay no <laughs> Oh, ESPN. It's okay, it's guys. Really it's preseason too. All right. Yeah, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll well, take. I'll take. They a also picture. just laid off a crap ton of people. So. I, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like this is simple data entry. Like they still have to have somebody doing that, right? I mean, come on. Well, anyway. Maybe they're managing multiple games at once. I don't. Know. Poor guys. Like, right. I'm so far behind. We're we're getting like updated box scores from games last week. <laughs> what's going on for all those people that no longer have Fox sports, Arizona, that's going to make life really difficult, right? Yeah. That really sucks. Difficult. It's not fun. Yeah. All right. I so, was wondering, you guys are huge uh, basketball junkies. Instead of talking about a bench player, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that, I, I was talking to my cousin about this earlier today. Does that, I mean, the, the inability for people to access these Suns games and these in-market games where you are, from the way it's all, from the way their television structured, is that one of the reasons why we keep hearing about these big drops in viewership? Like more people cutting the cord, and really, if you cut the cord, you and you're a Suns fan living in Phoenix, you don't have any way to watch Suns basketball now except through an illegal stream, which I don't think they count for viewer viewership and rating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think they do either. 
I cut the cord <laughs> about a year ago. Um, I kind of, I guess you could say, because Hulu Plus has TV channels. Like you can actually, mm-hmm. it has live TV. And part of the reason that I was even like attracted to it was during that, the whole campaign of Hulu has live sports. Now they right. don't have live sports. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we didn't say how long we'd have it for. <laughs> we just said we had it then. <laughs> we That's had it long all. enough for you to sign up. <laughs> but, and I don't know, I don't know how like Hulu ratings like even if it's their live, the live counts into all of that stuff, and I mean, but yeah, I mean, not ha- like League Pass being blocked if you in your network because you don't have a cable. I mean, I I understand those contracts have been in place for a while and whatnot with like the various cable companies, and I understand that like you know you have they renegotiate those at various times and you know different companies you know i mean direct tv still doesn't have the nfl network do they yeah they do they do because they yeah. didn't for the longest time they don't, they, they don't have the pac-12 network still no they don't yeah, yeah they don't, have, they don't that, have nbc but... right now actually <laughs> yeah that's they, true they don't have nbc right now they what <laughs> How do you not have everybody gets NBC? How do you not have NBC? Dude, you could get an antenna and get NBC if that's still a thing. I don't know. Is that possible I still? I mean, I radio still exists, so I'm assuming that can still be a thing. Yeah, no, I, I think it definitely has to affect it. I mean, at the end of the day, if there are less people that have access to it and those people are people that would want to be watching it, it has to affect the viewership. I mean, that's, that's Paul, you're right. the CPA. That's just math, right? Um Pretty much, and yeah. It's, it's it's bizarre too. I mean, <laughs> the timing coming down didn't didn't Hulu that hasn't been something that's been around for a while that that they no longer have Fox Sports. It Arizona, dropped right? in like October. Yeah, like so, they dropped it like little in yeah. I I I, I feel too into the weeds, but the Fox Sports was sold in that package when Disney bought yeah, a bunch Sinclair of that Fox, a bunch of uh, merchandise. All those Fox affiliates were sold to ESPN or to Disney and. I, and so, I mean, there's a lot going on with it, and I assume they're going to fix it. Well, actually, I no, those, really Fox affiliates didn't go. those Fox affiliates didn't go to Disney. They went to Sinclair. They they went to Sinclair? Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I thought they had gone to Disney and were going to be part of ESPN's platform. No, they went so, to Sinclair. Oh, wow. So, but, okay, hold on. Educate me here, guys. Sinclair has what type, like, what channels are Sinclair? They own a lot of, like, local... Um, like they're one of the biggest media companies in the world, if at least the country, but they own a lot of the like local stations. Okay. So like the, like the ABC, NBC, CBS affiliates, which is, you know, essentially what the Fox sports networks are, their affiliates. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I don't want to get into politics, but there's like a lot of political stuff related to Sinclair and like the ownership and kind of how they operate right. and like they kind of operate um, more along the lines of a Fox news than politically than uh, <laughs> MSNBC. <laughs> Paul, we get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, you know yeah. And, and, and also I got just political. like couching what he's like, he, he, like crept, you know. he crept up to that line so <laughs> skittishly. <laughs> you could you could, i mean you literally could have just said they're they're more conservative slanted i mean i think i don't think that's necessarily 
like going to offend anybody. I mean, you just said, in fact, in fact, you might have offended them yeah, by they, referencing they've, they've Fox News based things, on how Fox News is these days. They've done some things that are like actively <laughs> not cool. All right, but I'm so <laughs> I I oh, look I. Candidly, I don't care um, because I thought about cutting the cord a while back and I didn't, and I'm so happy I didn't now. Um, God bless you, DirecTV yeah. and my Fox Sports Arizona. I love it so much. Love it so much. So, I didn't even realize it went away because I have no other reason to look at Fox Sports Arizona except for <laughs> Suns games until right. Um, like I saw a tweet about it like the other day, and then I was like, "Wait, I don't have Fox Sports Arizona anymore." And then I looked, and I'm like, "Shit." Shit, I don't have Fox Sports Arizona anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know. I'm just gonna say for a guy that doesn't have Fox Sports Arizona, you sure spoke about the game tonight. Like you had a lot of insight right? into it. I'm not gonna ask I've, questions. I'm a boy. Paint a picture. I'm a boy. Paint a picture. Paul, Paul, just Paul. I don't know what you're admitting to right now, but I'm just gonna move. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I right. went to a bar, Justin. Oh, of I was course. maskless at a bar, <laughs> so drinking water and yelling at referees. It was fantastic. All right, so uh, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap up. Um, any, I don't know why I'm going to ask this. We just talked about Sinclair and who owns local affiliates. Um, any last thoughts from either of you guys? Actually, Paul, not you, Jared. Any no. last thoughts, man? Since you're the guest, this is your chance. Here's your here's your uh, your platform to listen to the. Uh, dozens of people that listen to us. I don't know. Um, any last <laughs> thoughts, man? Any anything you want to say about Suns or anything else at all? Hey, man. Uh, first, I am just so ecstatic that we have a competitive Suns team, and I, you know, the West is a very, very deep, difficult conference, and I think we're going to be towards the top of it. But you know, it's just fun to be like looking at a Suns squad and have realistic expectations for success it has been so long since i have been able to say that that's unbelievable and um hey man thanks for uh choosing number 499 i appreciate it (laughs) it was a lot it was a lot of fun being on the podcast you uh popped my podcast cherry here so it was a it was a good experience i enjoyed it good thing the cpa of the group can't do math that's (laughs) worked out well i'll go back and audit my work yeah the cpa Mm. (laughs) <laughs> he fudges numbers clearly clearly all right clearly. no man we we appreciate you coming on it was it was fun um appreciate your insight your thoughts i love your enthusiasm and your optimism excuse me your your realism uh it's fantastic it's refreshing to hear <laughs> and it is a beautiful thing to have a team that i mean dude we're sitting here a 14 point loss and we're just fucking glowing like and still excited dude yeah <laughs> ah. season preseason who cares about that um we didn't have i mean how great was it that like the best thing to look forward to about the preseason isn't how is our top three pick gonna do this year like in in his first pro games it's like oh i I enjoyed seeing sticks but there's so much more to pay attention to and so much more to look at um and i think he's gonna how about i have not looked at tankathon.com at all (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. I, Kate, I, there's a Kate, there's a kid at Oklahoma State, and I got no idea. I'm not. I don't even have to bother. Like I'll look at that in like March, like a human being again. <laughs> I, I, ESPN had a had an article I think they put out yesterday that was kind of 
just a rundown of the top prospects for the 21 draft. I saw it and I'm like, you know what? Eh, I'm not going to click on that because I don't care. I do not. Not even click it on. One bit. No, no, not going to look, not going to look. So, all right, man. No, seriously appreciate it. Uh, All you guys listen out there, Jared, uh, his Twitter handle is at Jared underscore Huggins. Uh, Look him up, give him a follow. Uh, I, of course, am also on Twitter in case nobody knew that. I'm at So Says Jay. Paul is at Dervish of War. I'm going to say it for you. And the pod is, what's the pod at, Paul? At Fan the Flames NBA. That is right. And like we always say when we close up here, we appreciate you guys spending some time with us listening, hopefully enjoying this podcast. And depending on when you're listening, have yourself a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Just